Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today we got some news. Um, but I want to give you an overview. So the, today we're going to talk about the NSX. We're going to talk about the Countach. That's going to be interesting. Uh, Genesis reviewed the brand new GV60. This is literally news that happened like an hour ago. And of course the Nissan Z. We got to talk about that as well. But first, let's talk about the Integra. Oh, that is not the Integra. Let me, oh, that is not it. Oh, I, I messed up. There it is, <laughs> Integra. So Acra released this one picture of the Integra. It's not even a picture. It's like a sketch drawing of the Integra. Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about it. It looks like every other Acra that's currently on the road with yes. its kind of headlight design. Looks the same as the grill. But that's mm-hmm. all we know. Even the way the hood opens is the same. Yeah. So yeah, the only thing that really sets it apart is that it has the Integra name embossed into the bumper, just like the DC2. Yeah, the old Integra, the DC2s. Yeah. Because the DC5 didn't have that. Yeah, and um, I think even the DBs didn't have that. Mm. <laughs> so here, here's the speculation for the Integra. Um, you know, we're gonna see this in probably two or three years. But this is what I'm thinking the Integra would be. A lot of people think it's the return of the coupe. I don't think so. Honda Honda killed off the coupe because it didn't sell well. Um, I think it's going to be a four-door vehicle based on the Civic. It's going to be maybe having a coupe version, but like the coupe, um, like a grand coupe. So like a four-door coupe. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of interesting for Acura to play out because Acura is like the higher end Honda, right? The Civic yeah. Coupe, or sorry, Civic Hatch is doing really well. And they can just take that. Yeah. I think the base motor, probably a one and a half liter turbo four, the exact same one that's in like the Civic SI. And I think they're probably going to do the two liter turbo that's in like the RDX, the Accord and whatnot as the optional engine. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's going to be like the Civic Type R. I don't think so. Even if they make a Type S version, I don't think so. Because the Civic Type R cannot be undercut by an Integra Type S. As history has told us, the Type S has always been the step down from any Type R. So if they are going to make a you know, a CTR, but Integra version, an ITR, I guess, it would have to be an Integra Type R. But so far, the only thing that they're releasing is a new Integra is coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be that ILX replacement because ILX is very outdated now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even throughout the 10th generation, we're already seeing like, why would anyone pick the ILX over the 10th gen Civic Touring? Because the Civic is still a little bit cheaper and has a newer, better engine, I think. And yeah. just overall, it's a it's a much newer package, even five years ago. <laughs> so, so the ILX is really long overdue for an update. As of right now, the ILX is actually two generations in terms of chassis older than the Civic. Mm-hmm. And the Civic, the new <laughs> one, has been such an upgrade. I... I got the chance to work on one this weekend and uh, I drove it a little bit. It's so much more refined than the 10th gen. Mm -hmm. Um, The infotainment's pretty snappy. It 
still takes some getting used to. The steering has way too many buttons on it. But as far as like driving goes, I thought it was like a big step up in terms, probably more refined than the current ILX. Oh yeah, the ILX does not drive great. Um, it it drives like the ninth gen Civic because that's what it is, which was drives... the worst of the Civic, like, <laughs> arguably. But what what's good about it is if you want a nationally aspirated Civic, that's the one, right? That's the one to get. I mean, you can get a base model Civic, but it doesn't have enough power. Um, this still had a K twenty four, I think it is. I mean, it's it's good, but no, nowhere from great. Um, but yeah, that's the speculation. It's an ILX replacement. It's probably going to be a sedan, maybe a four-door sports coupe thing. Um, but I don't think it's going to be some crazy performance-orientated vehicle. It's just going to be like maybe a step up, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be more like the uh, the regular Integras that we got, the four-door sedan uh, variant. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, was, I, which was fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Well, I think they will probably do a Type S because then it's kind of blasphemous to make an MDX Type S and just ditch the Integra. Integra like, yeah. not work, not do an Integra Type S. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like Toyota doing a GR Sienna and then, like... Ooh! <laughs> Ooh! And then ignoring, <laughs> you know, historically sportier models. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The, the, Sienna is a, the Sienna is the sportiest model of them all. The yeah, XS a, e-trip. A Sequoia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, you know, you're absolutely right. Because the Acra did release recently the NSX Type S, which is what we're going to talk about next year. Um, the NSX Type S was teased, I think, last week, if not the week before, mm-hmm. and got fully released at the Monterey Car Week here. Um it's kind of what we thought it would be. It's not a huge upgrade. It's a little bit different. There's 350 of them that's going to be built. 300 of them are going to the U.S. It has 600 horsepower, which is 27 more, and 492 pound-feet of torque, which is 16 more. But what's interesting is what they have to do to get that little bit amount of power. The turbochargers are actually from the NSX GT3. So they have to upgrade the entire turbocharger. There's 6% increase in boost, 20% greater battery capacity, and 10% higher battery output. That nets you 27 horsepower. <laughs> like Peak gains, okay? <laughs> yes. Maybe so, there's the area under the curve and before, that's, you know. That's the thing. I, yeah. I do want to see a dyno between the two uh, because I'm more curious of, like what that actually means in terms of usable power every day. And what they have said is around Suzuka circuit, it is two seconds faster. And that's not a small feat. That's not 30 horsepower difference. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other things as well. Cause like there's going to be a, a lightweight package that you can get carbon ceramic brakes, a carbon engine cover, as well as carbon interior trim, which reduces about 50, almost 58 pounds. So like there are you know other things that play into effect here, but two seconds around a Suzuka is is pretty good, I think. Yeah, I feel like an available lightweight package. You're only making 350 of these. Like, why wouldn't you just do it that <laughs> so way? The the NSX Type S's that are available for Canada, they're all going to be with the lightweight ah. package. That's what I was told by actually a sales associate here. 
but in the US, you can get that option. Yeah, so lightweight package, get the prettier engine cover and interior bits. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make sense from a product planning perspective to, like, I feel like it would just cost more at that point to not include <laughs> it than yeah. to have some built one way. And ultimately, people are probably going to, I guess, I guess the idea is to keep MSRP down because that was kind of the NSX's Achilles heel. Not only when it first came out and dealers were marking them up, it just, just opened a can of worms and like put this NSX against cars that it wasn't initially meant to compete with. And I think well, that's why this NSX had such a rough few years of production, I feel like. Um, well, you say that, but the first one sold at a million dollars. <laughs> but that was one. that was uh, for a good cause as well. I think it was for a charity. I can't recall right now, but yeah, um, it How was do you for feel a good about cause. their uh, the new front end on this. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's styled differently. Than it the doesn't old flow one. as well as the original. <laughs> I don't think it looks as good as the original. Yeah. I don't think it fits in with the entire Acro lineup. It's just weird. To me, it looks like a car that was in Grand Theft Auto. That's what it reminds yeah, me of more than anything. That's kind of a trend these days. Like everything looks like a parody, or like like a forced facelift. So it's, you know, it's like a knockoff of the original, but you don't. It's different yeah. enough that you think it's a it's a parody. Yeah, uh, it's not terrible, but there's... I. It's it's not cohesive. The rear looks pretty good. The the rear looks good. Once again, taken straight from Grand Theft Auto because, you know, you get those big diffusers at that game and yeah, literally the, looks like that. Oh, they call this the Dinka something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's kind of nice is this color. Um, oh, I had it written down. I forgot where I put it. Um, what's it called? Oh. This Gotham gray metallic that yes, we see, this optional color, it's optional color. There's only seventy of them that's going to be built. It's a matte, like gray, matte dark gray. It looks amazing. I think it, it really fits the lines of the NSX and really shows off those creases that's around it. So I think it's a good call to get it in this color. Any other color, I don't think is really that special. Um, but yeah, that's just me. Yeah, if you're going to get the special edition, you should get their special color. I, that's kind of my rule of thumb with a car like this. Get whatever they put on their press photos. That's probably the one to get. Is that why you have a yellow Supra? Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot to add, there is a carbon roof as well. That's standard on the Type S. <laughs> rather really... than a dealer installed accessory <laughs> yeah like dealer wrapped accessory more than anything yeah. all right let's move on from that let's talk about the Countach um, last week we talked about the Countach but that was all speculation and I said hey what if it was an RSQ8 and then it just put a Lambo badge on the front uh, turns out you know it's similar to that but not really uh, they took the Aventador and put a Countach badge on the front um, so. Yeah, very mixed mixed opinions on this car. Some people are like, it's gorgeous in person. You have to see it. And a lot of people are like, how is this almost $3 million? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of in that boat. So, um, okay, yeah. let's look at the facts here. 
it is beautiful, but we kind of all consider all Lamborghinis to be beautiful, right? Because yeah. they're, there's just this supercar that we can't have. And they haven't had a miss in a long time. Like no. the last five or six models that have come out, they're all pretty nice. Yeah. This is like last year, you might remember Lamborghini put out um, a special car called a Cyan. Uh, this is exactly that. Underneath is exactly that. It still has that big capacitor behind the seats for that additional 48 volt power. Um, but of course, like all these special editions are just an Aventador. So like the interior of it, it's, a, it's super dated. It just doesn't look good. Um, but, you know, $2.6 million to $3 million, is, depending on how you spec it, I kind of thought that it would look a little bit more special. And there's a gentleman here. Uh, if you go to Instagram, you'll be able to find him. It's SP Designs, S-P-D-S-I-G-N-S-E-S-T. He actually took the Lamborghini uh, Countach and made it an actual Countach. Like the renders that he did on this, like it's not revolutionary changes. It's he changed the headlights so that it actually has like a cover and a little slit underneath um, for the daytime running light, very similar to the old Countach. He had wheel arches added on so that it's very similar to the old Countach. There's a scoop on that side vent, like the Countach. And of course, a Countach, it needs that wing. Like I get the original Countach never had the uh, fender flares. It didn't have the wing, but the yeah. one that was on the poster, the one that you dream about. The 500. It did. It had those things. It is just, it yeah. makes it that much more special. This yeah. render, beautiful. I feel like Lamborghini gave us the original, like the first model year and what we wanted was the last one. Yeah. <laughs> the latest and greatest. Uh, and that's kind of where they fell flat. Even, now, even if it looked as good as this render, I still don't think it's it's a two and a half million dollar <laughs> hyper car. At, at only 112 of them worldwide, I kind of get it. So the, the reason why I say that is because the Cyan sold. And that was even more limited, I think. And it was the mm -hmm. same price. Like this, it hits the hearts of those people that you know couldn't get a Countach back then, but like now have tons of money and can buy one. But if you have tons of money now, would you buy the new Countach or would you buy the old one, the one that you had on your poster? Yeah, my favorite photo is uh, someone rendered the uh, Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> kicking up the, the door. On the on the new Countach, uh, that was my uh, highlight of this week. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I think the the vents, the venting they've done on on the the real car is not bad, uh, and this is a good picture. I think the one that you have right now, where they have the side profile, like yeah, the side profile of the original, you definitely get that that overall shape and that like a really unique rear rear wheel opening. And just the, you know, this type of, uh, you know, milling and tooling that that re that's required to make all these unique body panels, it's not cheap. And because it's limited, that's why it's so expensive. But I think when you're shopping for your multi-million dollar hypercar, 
You want something that's a little bit more exclusive. You don't want to pull up and, oh, that's that's an Aventador with a body kit. Mm-hmm. Because being here in Vancouver, an Aventador, you're pretty desensitized to that already, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's uh, you see one every day. There, there's so many actually. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And I think that's, that's the thing is I want to, if I'm spending three to four times more money, I want it to look three to four times more fancy. You know, yeah. if I pull up in a Chiron or Koenigsegg anything or Pagani anything, that clearly is on a different level from an Aventador. Mm-hmm. That is the problem with the Countach, is that it doesn't look... And and the thing is, the Countach was in the same category as an Aventador. That was, you know, the Aventador is the modern... Uh, equivalent of a kutash right so suddenly you have kutash up up there um just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. yeah. i i said this when i first saw the drawing like the, the actual photos i'm like that's not so much kutash as it is diablo um like yes the wheel openings are very kutash because it's kind of trapezoidal mm-hmm. but the overall shape and how it looks and how smooth it is, it's Diablo to yeah. me more than Kuntosh. Yeah, because the fender is not as jagged. Like uh, the fender to the A pillar is one smooth line, which is yeah. kind of a more Diablo and up thing. Um, whereas the original one had a little bump. Like there's a bit, bit more of a crease where the fender meets the A pillar. Yeah. yeah. Well, Let's move over to something a little bit more realistic here, Genesis. Um, so Genesis announced like literally an hour ago, this brand new EV is the GV60 in this lime green color. It looks weird, I would say. It looks like a Citroen. <laughs> it does look like a Citroen. Uh, it's based yeah. on the eGMP platform, which is the base of the Ionic 5, as well as the Kia EV6. I don't think it looks bad, but there's something about that rear end that is just a little too bubbly for me, I it, think. It's taller than it is. Like, it's too tall. Kind of got that Aztec vibe where mm. your wheel ends here and your roof is way up there. Yeah, And so it's just awkwardly proportioned. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely weird and awkward. Uh, the interior getting a very very like Ionic Five vibe uh, on the, the colors, inside. Yeah, it's it's very similar to that, except it has some Genesis details. Like the center console, it has the Genesis rotary dial. It looks like um, the steering wheel looks really funky with a bunch of buttons on it, and there's no side view mirrors. There's just monitors on the side. Um, don't know if that's going to be legal here in North America because I think like the e-tron in some other parts of the world have that, but we don't get it here because, you know, we don't even have headlight laws that can approve laser headlights. So <laughs> it's stupid. Um, but I, I think it looks funky. I think being... I figured it out. They flipped it around. Like if you pull, pull up an Ionic 5 and just... If you have these side by side, badges covered and all, which one is supposed to be the forward-thinking luxury brand vehicle, you think? 
this GV60 next to an Ionic 5. It's just this I don't one. Good way to put it inside. Yeah, like they've they've gone and put this. They painted it in this lime green color, and they've given it such a funky line overall. And the Ionic is sleek. Like the yeah. Ionic 5 looks premium to me. Yeah. So it's, this is a weird choice from Hyundai Genesis to me. Yeah, because generally Hyundai is the one that's like more funky, whereas yeah. Genesis is the one that's supposed to be a little bit more mature. Yeah, and... exterior-wise, I think, like, I don't know, the, the QV, what's the QV? GV60 is not, doesn't look like a Genesis to me. Like, look, look at the grill. Yeah. It's got, it's all grill. They've gone with the Avalon grill on a car that doesn't even need it it's only on the lower bumper this time though it's just, it's not the yeah. entire face <laughs> yeah like it's got a bigger grill than pretty much well no the the elantra n had had a bigger oh, that, grill. That, had, that had a big grill that yeah. was all grill but <laughs> it doesn't doesn't make any sense to have this car be this funky and have this much grill and be it be called a genesis this should be a kia if anything yeah, and the Kia EV6 is actually really pretty as well. So like, yeah, very sleek, premium, luxury. I get it. This is none of the none of what's been coming out of the Genesis pipeline. Yeah. Aside from those two piece headlights, two piece tail light, you know, it doesn't really flow with the rest of the Genesis lineup. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah. It, this is a Kona, like. And the color yeah. is a Kona, the fenders are a Kona, and it's a Kona coupe turned EV stretched out a little bit bigger, but this has more in common with a Kona than anything in the Genesis lineup. I was actually thinking that it kind of reminds me of the Bolt, because the Bolt you can get it in kind of this green color. Yeah. So it, there's kind of that vibe from uh, from the color alone. It's, mm -hmm. it's definitely weird. Um, I think I got to see it before like in like video or in person before yeah. I judge it some more. But from the photos, it's it's a little too funky for me for a Genesis. It's so but... funky. And it's like, whose idea was it to put a blue interior on a green car? On a lime green car? Like you, any other manufacturer or designer is going to slap you for trying to put that together. Like you go into your on online configurator and, and they, that combination is just not possible, you, but they let you here. Well, that's a perfect segue because you know who did do a blue interior inside yeah. their brand new car? The Nissan. Because Nissan Z. Um, so a while back, we talked about the prototype. Yeah. And Nissan already said that the prototype is like 90% of what the new Z is going to look like. Absolutely. So this is a brand new 2023 Nissan Z. They dropped the 400, so there's no more number in front of it. It's just called the Z, mm -hmm. or Z if you're a Canadian. But yeah. you probably should call it the Z, let's be honest. Really bad search engine <laughs> optimization there, because <laughs> not only have they not called it the 400, they kept the chassis code from before. They could have changed it, even though I get it, it's the same chassis. Yeah, it's... But call it something different so Z at least people know z34.5 um, yeah because if you search <laughs> z34 you're not gonna find you know a body kit that fits this car you're well, gonna find the old one you're probably gonna find suspension that fits this car suspension the yeah. chassis is the same as the old car this yeah. is this is a 370z 
with a brand new clothing on the outside and brand new interior. The heart, which we'll talk about a little bit later, is new to the Z, but not new to the Nissan family. Mm-hmm. It's been um, around for like four or five years, actually. It's, it's been a while for a while. So, I mean, okay, let's, let's talk about looks first. Um, front end, you go first. Uh, it's a Domo-kun. So it's got a really shocked square grill. I get it. It's it's paying homage to the uh, the two forty, the two forty, the S thirty generation. Yeah, um, the thirties. That is kind of the iconic uh, Z car, the original Fair Lady. Uh, I had the one after the thirty one. The rear is the one is a thirty two, but yeah. the front. Uh, I don't know if I can get with this front. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it doesn't look like, okay, it doesn't, if you don't know the, the, the S30 lines that particularly, you're not going to think S30. And the, the, the headlight has, the shape has no meaning to it. It's not retro. It, so, no <laughs> okay, so it's a square grill, uh, which I don't personally like. I, I think the grill should be rounded off because it makes more sense, but it's a square grill. Um, I don't think that upper grill is real. I think only lower down is real um, because you need a bumper support somewhere back there, mm-hmm. right? Because it makes sense to have a bumper support back there. And if you look at the 370Z, the grill is lower. Same thing with the 350. So I'm thinking the top grill or maybe upper portion of it may be fake. Um, the headlights, it's supposed to reminisce of the S30. So it's a round headlight. When you kind of shine out of it, you kind of get this glimmer so that you get that top and bottom DRL. That's what they kind of shaped it after. Yeah, it's fine, I guess. What I like is the hood. The hood has the S30 kind of indent on the center. So it's like a flat portion with a crease that goes down to the center here. It's not bad. There's nothing wrong with the looks, but I think it's fine. But yeah. it's the back end that I love the most because the back end, those taillights absolutely fantastic yeah and instantly recognizable like if you want it to be retro but also modern they've done a great job on that and the big nissan badge on the back um that that's a nice touch the roof is a nice touch i kind of wish the glass was a little bit bigger um most of the photos that you're going to see is with a black roof on it um so it hides that really well but the glass is the same size as the 370 but they extended the rear end a little bit. So the proportion on that, it, I just feel like it should have been a little bit bigger um, to have better visibility out for the rear side. Um, but I think it's it's fine. Um, the blue one that we see here, it's the performance variant. So there's going to be three trims at launch, um, the Sport and then the Performance and then the Proto. Sport is basically your, your base model. It's going to be $40,000 uh, US. And it's going to have the three liter twin turbo V6, 400 horse, 350 torque. It's the same one that's in the Q60. And it's going to be mated to a six speed manual. An automatic is an option, a nine speed, because, you know, you never bother to learn manual. Um, so you have to buy the nine speed auto. Cool little fact about the nine speed auto, though. Um, it's the same one that's used in the Nissan Frontier. So technically speaking, the Nissan Frontier, if you want to put 
a VR30 DTTT in it, you should be able to. Maybe, mm. maybe. So, you know, just, just saying. You know, we might see some twin turbo uh, frontiers in the future. <laughs> uh, but uh, six speed is a carryover from the 370. Um, and that's really like your base sport model. The performance lineup adds the dual exhaust. You get 19 inch raised wheels. You get bigger brakes. You get an LSD. And you also get stiffer suspension. I, I think, you know, the performance model is kind of where you want it to be because it's, you know, everything that you really want in a Z in one package. Uh, whereas the prototype, the prototype comes with that special yellow paint that you saw in the prototype version. You also get um, bronzed wheels and yellow brake calipers, along with yellow stitching on the inside and some yellow accents as well. So all it is is a color add-on uh, for that rare spec prototype. And there's only so many of them that they're being, being built. I think 240 of them. Probably 240 to pay homage to... The to the original 240. Yeah. Um, the yellow color works pretty good, especially on the inside, I think. Mm -hmm. Blue interior. My Z had a blue interior, so I'm a little bit biased towards that. I think it looks pretty cool. But the seats are very similar to the old one. The door card looks too similar to the old one. I think the door card's the same. It, it looks virtually identical. They've, they've changed some textures, I think. But the interior for a brand new model looks dated quote-unquote brand new so let me see here oh no the door cards are different i mean the yeah, door very is marginally different yeah. it's just the the cloth kind of insert is a little bit different but yeah actually we... i think the seats are, the, are the seats the same no no they've, yeah. they've been revised we can kind of forgive it the reason why i say that is if it's a driver focused car um yeah. The fact that you still have manual climate control knobs and it's just an infotainment screen. It's a pretty simple driver-focused cabin. So I think we can overlook a lot of that stuff. Um, and honestly, given its price point, it's not that bad. The Supra has a really boring door card. I look at it every day and I'm like, it's missing design elements here that I feel like you don't get, you get that on a BMW, but you don't on the Supra. Um, well, that's why you're paying $10,000 less than a Z4. Almost, it's actually like 20,000 oh, if you go apples to apples. <laughs> yeah, so you do get the better interior on the Z4, um, no doubt, but yeah, I, I, I don't mind what they've done on this interior. Like it's easy to to crap on it, but it's Nissan's infotainment's pretty okay, um, and it's got a digital cluster. It, it looks it is the update we needed. We could have used this like three years ago, five but, years ago, <laughs> <laughs> but still respectable. You know the fact that they're making this car still is is worth something yeah absolutely um the digital cluster it's a 12.3 inch digital cluster it's a very similar one that you find in like the nissan rogue i'm sure it's the same screen but different software of course you got a big tack in the center it looks good i i like it um yeah. on like the race modes that they were showing off you can get a boost gauge engine oil temp as well as a water temp on your gauge so you can really keep in check all of the the engine vitals um yeah which is important historically on z cars 
oil and water temperature are both of concern. And now we've got more power than ever, turbocharging and the same little grill opening. Um, I, I, that's my concern with this car is how, I think the upper part of that grill is real. Upper part, two of the four slots is real, two of the bottom is fake. That's where your bumper support is. Yeah. So that's my concern is, is really cooling because Nissan hasn't been great with this chassis, like not just this chassis, but the ones before it uh, for cooling. And that's going to be an issue when it comes to actual track performance for everyday street stuff. This is going to be an awesome engine, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the three liter V6, there's already a decent aftermarket for it but with the launch of the z that aftermarket is going to grow so immensely mm -hmm. um, because before it was really just the q50 q60 that had this motor or that people would modify and people did still like yeah it's, the rest of pretty... people were pretty excited about that yeah there's a pretty um, healthy community for them yeah so i do see this growing that community even further uh the base model has pretty basic calipers two pistons 18 inch wheels just doesn't feel quite right it's kind of yeah. like the gr supra 2.0 like it just visually it's missing some things and it's just like for probably a small we don't know exact pricing yet and we don't know what canadian pricing is either mm -hmm. but uh we know that roughly it should start around forty thousand us but i think for the enthusiast a base model wouldn't be that bad um, because when I'm saying enthusiasm, I'm saying people that will dump tons of money into it, they would change their brakes anyways. They would get an aftermarket exhaust. They would change the seats. Like they're going to change the things that is upgraded and they're going to strip out things that they don't need, like a heavier infotainment with better speakers. Like mm -hmm. there's people that I know that, you know, just drive around with head, like earphones plugged in because the car is so loud. Um, once yeah. they stripped out all the uh, sound deadening and everything, right? So the base model may be the one for the enthusiast. Yeah, they needed at least a limited slip, and they couldn't give us that. That's that true. Is, I That's feel true. like you can give me a stripper spec car, but it needs the basic performance. Like we don't know exactly how this car is going to be spec'd out. Hopefully, like under the hood, it's all the same across the mm -hmm. board. Uh, but we do know that the limited slip is only on the higher model. Yeah, only on the performance uh, trim. Which, in this segment, is not really acceptable anymore because even the base Supra has it, the base BRZ FRS, well, 8.6 has it, uh, base Mustang has it, pretty sure the Camaro has it. And so, as far as an FR sports car, it's that is a, a big miss on their part. And again, it's like... If you just included it, it's one less part to, yeah, one less variation. I I would think uh, that when, it kind of makes costs keeps costs down in a sense. Yeah, to make yeah. to have less variance, um, it should be pretty fast, at least in a straight line. Though. Yeah, four hundred horse, three fifty torque is is definitely no slouch. Yeah, uh, but with that kind of power, with no limited slip diff, I mean. You know, if you're going to be taking it around, not even a track, I'm just thinking like, you know, mountain road, you're going to be spinning that inside tire mm -hmm. pretty, pretty easily. I'm thinking just 
350 pound feet. And on yes. the Q60, that torque was instantly available. The throttle response on it was really good. Yeah. And, um, and I think for the numbers, guys, 400 horsepower, like that's bang on stock out of the box, 400 horsepower. That's more than you get on the Supra. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more than you get on anything Porsche under 100K, pretty much. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, there, there's two things I want to talk about here. The first thing is, yes, it's an old chassis. Yes, it's technically a reused engine. I don't think that matters. Um, very mm-hmm. similar thing that we saw in the GR86. It's the same chassis. They put in a new engine with more torque. Now, every single review that's been launched in the past you know, few days has been raving about that car. Yeah, This is $10,000 more than that. At $10,000 more, you get almost double the power. Double the power. Yeah. And that's before you tune it, for sure, after you tune it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yes, the I I get, you know, the the base GR86 is going to be your everyday sports car. It's attainable. But if you work a little bit harder, (laughs) take a couple more shifts, do a little bit of overtime, you get a car with double the power. But then when we're thinking about the price at $40,000, which I'm going to pass straight to you, because you found a few other variables that kind of put this into its place, right? Yeah, that's my concern about this Z is that it's got competitors and it's got competitors that aren't new to the game. Because I'm thinking for someone in my position, you know, just grassroots guys that just want to go to a track day every now and then. You know, we the the GR86 makes sense because it's it's cheap enough and the ND uh, makes sense because those cars are are proven chassis. We know they'll run all day, and um, that's really what you're paying for with a track car. This being a not that well tracked engine, uh, having cars like the Mustang Performance Pack and the Camaro 1LE price right against it that i think is going to be a huge 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 uh obstacle for the z to get over because i i can't see myself picking a z over one of those because i know those cars work on track i know they'll run all day long i know they have support uh with a huge dealer network across north america so parts are going to be easier to get I don't know. I just, for me, that seems like the pick. I think f- for me, the, the Z has to be chosen from a styling perspective and maybe nostalgia. I think there's a big nostalgia part in there. Like, yeah, you know, you're maybe once in your timeline that you owned a Z or your parents had a Z. That's what they're trying to hit because like pricing wise, like we're, we're thinking the performance variant should be around 45 or so, which is exactly in line with uh, a Camaro SS 1LE. And Camaro SS 1LE, it's going to have more power. It's a V8 under the hood. It has um, Meg Ride. Like it has really yeah, good magnetic stuff. Magnetic Ride, 285 front tires, 305 rear tires. It has this rear is, seats. It has rear seats. They're not the greatest, but they're still rear seats. Like, I was able to put a few friends in there. The trunk, yeah, same thing. I wasn't it's, there. It's, 
Actually, you weren't there. <laughs> I, w- I was in the in the back seat. That was not fun. One time we tried to fit five people in there. Oh god. I think the middle hump is not not usable in the car. But the Camaro, yeah, ELSD, <laughs> like that is a race car. Like the Camaro, that car blew me away. And that car sticker price here in Canada was fifty thousand dollars. And I cannot think of anything under eighty thousand dollars that could come close to it in terms of being as track ready out of the box, not ever having to worry about temperature, brakes, tires, anything, just worked flawlessly as a track animal. That is by far like one of my favorite cars from the last two decades. Yeah. And the Z, I don't think it lives up. We don't know yet, but knowing Nissan's engineering budget, and how low volume this car is. You mean you mean a zero dollar budget? The, ne- the the next to nothing is just carryover parts. We're gonna fine tune. The problem is okay. The BRZ from day one, that car drove perfect, right? The handling was perfect, steering was perfect, brakes were great, everything was great about it except for the engine, and they've now fixed that. So that's why all the reviews that have come out this week rave about that car because the extra torque. Uh, and a new engine characteristic has fixed the the fatal flaw with the FRS BRZ 86. So, so okay, the original 86, the torque dip at like 3,000 or so was the thing that most people complain about. But if you actually go back to the 86 videos when it first came out, no one complained about that because everyone's like always at the top of the red range, which the 86 was fine at. Yeah. And right now, most of the videos that you've seen, they're all like track kind of videos. I'm waiting for someone to do like a day-to-day, like like uh, like a rolling launch of, of the vehicle, just to see, you know, where that torque actually lands up. Because I'm curious more for that than anything else. Yeah, because I, I just sold my FRS about a month ago. And, and it was the same thing. It to me. It's like the car was amazing on track and mm-hmm. because at that high RPM, but it was so miserable on the street. It felt so <laughs> slow. And no, even one of our buddies who came from an SI into the FRS, he was like, this car's kind of slow compared to the SI, which both, both at 200 horsepower, but it doesn't have the smooth engine characteristic of the Honda. And so if you're used to the NA power that the Honda had, that kind of power delivery, the noise, the smoothness, you didn't get that from the FRS. That is what I've heard about the new engine. That's just a lot better. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that that's that's resolved every issue with that car, and I am really looking forward to that car. It well, could be joining the stable at some point <laughs> well one of uh one of your close friends is getting one so i'm sure you yeah. gotta get some seat he's time kind right. of on the fence he's put a deposit down but he's kind of on the fence still mm. uh but he only put that deposit after driving mine and i get it like that this car's chassis is flawless the problem with this this what i want to call a z35 but it's just the 400z <laughs> it's, you can't even call the 400z the new z the problem with that is it didn't have a good chassis to begin with, right? You're carrying over something that did not impress anyone. Uh, when Now, keep in mind, when the 370Z first came out, we all thought it was really expensive too. 
It was like 50 grand. And they then they did a massive price drop. They kind of did, but they also like stripped a lot of stuff out where they gave you something like this with an open diff. The backup cameras in the rearview mirror in 2009 or 20, 2019, sorry. It didn't, it had Bluetooth calling, but no Bluetooth streaming. Like they, they really gave you a peasant spec car uh, to quote unquote, give it a price drop. But remember in 09, the, the Mustang had that four liter, uh, four V6. liter V6 that made no power. Used, yeah. got terrible fuel economy and that's what we were comparing this against it didn't have the the, the domestics have caught up so much the camaro like barely existed at that point we knew it from transformers that's about it there was no one le it wasn't really until the z28 that everyone's mind changed about the camaro that's around what 2014 2015 mm -hmm. so so much has changed since then and then obviously the FRS BRZ. So this whole industry or this market segment with these FR sports cars that are pretty track ready out of the box, that's evolved so much. And you're carrying over what even in 09 was not a phenomenal chassis. That yeah. I think is going to be the biggest hurdle for them. It's that's really be a huge hurdle. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Um, I, I personally, I, I really like this car. Um, my dad had a 300Z, Z or ZX, I can't remember, when he was ZX. back in Hong Kong. Um, I really liked it. The same I think one it, I had? Mm, or older than Older than yours. Older, older than yours. is probably a 280. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't, I just remember seeing, it's. it was red on red. Like the interior was that really amazing red velour interior it was yeah absolutely i had the beautiful. blue velour interior. <laughs> <laughs> like i think it's you know there's a little bit of me that saw that photo of my dad you know when he was young and standing next to it and i'm like man that'd be really cool for me to you know to have that little bit of no nostalgic feel to it um you know i can get one get my dad for you know for a ride and he'll be really happy i'm sure but like I think that's really it, right? There's there's nothing yeah. else about it that really says this is the car to buy. You have to really want to be different to get this car. That's mm. kind of what I'm thinking. But I also think it's like at the price point factor, yes, it's similar to Mustang and similar to a Camaro. If you're going to be tracking it, I think the Camaro, I believe the alpha package or alpha platform is the one to get. Um, but mm -hmm. if you're not, if you're driving at this on the street daily and you're looking at a Supra, I think this might be a better option because it's $20,000 less than a Supra. Yeah. I think in Canada, it will be close to that. Maybe 15, at least $15,000 less than, than the six cylinder version of a Supra. Yeah. Um, Supra, lot more energy, <laughs> engineering R and D budget there well, not not from bmw <laughs> from bmw but it's a it's a bargain bmw in a sense but uh yeah i i it's kind of like a double-edged sword like if nissan poured all their money and r d budget into this car it could have been something great Does it, it doesn't make sense but from a it company wouldn't perspective. make financial sense yeah and then you don't you kind of do this kind of half half ass effort and it's like i don't know 
I, I don't know if that's doing the Z name justice. I, I, I think it's, I think it's not doing the Z name justice. Exactly what you said. But Nissan as a company, they, they don't like they're they're okay as a company. They make enough money, right? But the the one that they sell the most to make money is the Nissan Rogue. That's why that is a brand new chassis inside out, but it still has a carryover engine, right? So like even the 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 best car that they have to sell, the best car, the one that makes them the most money, they use a carryover engine. It really just shows well they really don't have that much money to develop something that's new. That's what I think. Yeah. They, they need a partner. They need a BMW. They need a Subaru to, well, to put together. They, they have Renault. They have Mitsubishi. Yeah. <laughs> Renault, Renault makes some pretty sick hot hatches. Yeah, but we'll yeah. never see them. We'll never see them. And the technology has no relevance to this car. Yeah. But engine wise, this is this kind of an impressive engine i mean that's what you're paying yeah. for over okay so back to back to the gr86 for ten thousand dollars more roughly is this worthwhile i think it depends if the style is worth it to you and if the name is worth it to you if the power is worth it to you because i think on the street this is going to be more fun just having that power on tap absolutely um and still got a six speed this pretty good six speed you know they were one of the first mainstream sports cars to really incorporate rev matching yeah. and now everyone does it um some better than others the I honda one's not great i remember the 370z shifter to be a little rubbery though i remember it wasn't like as slick as it can be hmm. it's a but, bit heavier i think yeah, it's a heavier car. But I think I think you're absolutely right. The FRS BRZ because, or sorry, the GRD6 and BRC because it's going to be lighter and that more free revving uh, four cylinder, that naturally aspirated four cylinder, it's going to be more fun on the track. I think that's where that belongs mm -hmm. um, as a kind of grassroots entry level track car. But at ten thousand dollars more, I don't think the base model. Z, it's going to be that great on the track. I think that's going to be a good entry level into maybe modifying it. Or if you get the performance version, maybe on those lapping days where you only have, you know, one or two laps and then you go back in and cool down and, you know, you call yeah. it a day kind of thing. That's where I think, you know, this shines as well as on the street. Because like when I drove the Supra, I thought it was too much for the street, the three liter Supra. But yeah. you drove it on the track and you thought it was completely fine. It's just too much for the street because it's like with that much torque and that yeah. much power, you can't put it all down. You can't enjoy it. And this has more, right? Yeah. So, I, but I think, okay, so the types of people that will buy this are up for those, you know, highway pulls and stuff. I think that's where this thing is going to shine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Give it a slight tune, get it up to 500 horse and it looks cool. It is fast in a straight line. And if you're okay with that, I think this kind of a future classic in that sense. Um, if it you, has the looks. The, the proto spec especially, I think that's going to go up in value because it's going to yeah. be super limited. You're going to get it's one of the so few. Rare. But what I'm afraid of is the people that are buying it is 
they're just keeping it locked away. Yeah, well, and I think part of the the appeal to this is that it's going to be low volume. It's not you're not confusing yourself for the guy that rented a V6 Camaro or the base model Mustang. You know, you don't see them everywhere. Uh, you're not going to, and that's kind of honestly that's kind of the appeal of the Supra too. The Supra mechanically, performance wise, like take it from someone who knows. But the M2 destroys it. Uh, the Supra is more comparable to like a 240i, but the Supra looks like a million bucks. I think that's <laughs> kind of like honestly, like that. It comes down to that, and and I think th that's something that these two cars have in common. And I think these two cars are going to be compared a lot. Uh, both are flawed. I think the Supra chassis in stock form is quite flawed. I think the M2 had a better chassis out of the box. Uh, and yeah, it's it, the Supra, same thing. It has a great, really strong, smooth, reliable engine, but it's not, I don't know. I think so on track, it wasn't, doesn't really perform quite as well as I wanted to out of the box. It doesn't um, tickle your fancy? I don't think. I think it needs <laughs> maybe about five grand worth of aftermarket upgrades to really get there. And I think the Z is about the same. Out of the box, it's not going to be that amazing. Um, just because yeah. they kind of designed it to work for a lot of people. A lot, a lot of the guys that drive 370s, a lot older. I like... Because the younger guys can't afford forty-five, fifty thousand dollar. Our friend David is, is not older, and he definitely didn't spend that much. He's, he bought the base model Z. Yeah. Then he dumped like, about thirty grand into it. Yeah, a lot of my customer that do end up with this car, I do see like older guys wanting to upgrade, you know, sound system and stuff like that. It's it's more of that old school hot rodder type of. Um, it's a cruiser clientele. Yeah, you, you got to understand its limitations. I think we get into, as car enthusiasts, we do get into a bit too numbers focused and just too objective about stuff. You know, as, you know, reviewing cars and giving our opinions, we get a bit too objective about it. And there's just, there is a lot of appeal to this Z, even though I necessarily would not buy it. I wouldn't choose it over any of those aforementioned cars, Supra 86, any of the domestics. But I think there there is charm to this car. I think uh, the sheet metal is just so unique. So I think if you really like the look of it, you should still get it <laughs> while Absolutely. you can. Absolutely. And I, th I think it's one of those cars that like you can actually drive and enjoy without getting harassed. Like, when you're driving a Supra, I don't know if it was just me when I had it and mine was in red and it caught a lot of attention. Um, oh. I was every single time at a stoplight, I was just like, hey, race, 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 race me. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it's, not it's race. insane. The yellow is even worse <laughs> for that. I, I get like heckled all the time. I, I was on a test drive with the uh, a Toyota technician because for my seat issue and if someone yelled out is that a supra and i'm like i don't know how to explain to him what that meant 
Uh, I was in Chinatown and homeless people wanted to have a photo shoot with me because they, they, they're like, that's such a cool, they're like, oh, you should pull around the corner. There's a wall there with a mural that this car would look so good against. And I'm like, these guys no. are homeless. And like, <laughs> I want to get out of here. I want to go home. <laughs> Please let me go. But it's like, you if you're really shy, that's not the car to own. No. Nor, nor 400Z. I think you're going to get very similar problems, but yeah. I think it's going to be less. It's so unique. Yeah. yeah. Well, that brings us on to something that's a lot more boring, but a lot... Depends who you ask. The no, mommy I... blogger... The mommy blogger audience is huge. Yeah. And I watch this video. I Honestly, I don't watch all of your videos, but I watch this one. Ouch. Um... <laughs> I'm very hurt right now, and I don't know what to say. But I okay. So this we're talking about the Chrysler Pacifica. Um, I reviewed the plug-in hybrid variant a few weeks back, and I personally think it is the best family vehicle. Um, I desperately want one. My wife won't let me buy one because this is a family. A well, no, because it's a family of three, and this can carry eight. Like it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Like <laughs> it doesn't make sense that way. But it's. You know, it's a plug-in hybrid, so you get 50 kilometers of electrical range, 30-some-odd miles. It just makes so much sense as a family vehicle. You don't have to pay for gas for up to 50 kilometers. It's great for longer drives because it has a good range as well. It's yeah. like 835 kilometers of total range. Like, it, everything about it makes sense. It's pretty reasonably priced, too. Because there's, uh, there's eighty five hundred dollars of incentives right now. Sixty two thousand as tested. But that's before incentives. That's before incentives, and that's before Chrysler giving you incentives, which they yeah. always do. Because I'm looking at the full load right now. It's fifty three. This is full load. Pinnacle. Yeah, this is Pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's on Chrysler.ca right now. It's with destination is fifty five, hmm. which I think that's. That's not bad. At 55, like you're undercutting everything else. The Carnival, the yeah. Sienna, you're not going to get anywhere at that price point. That's full load. There's no options on there. And the it's Pinnacle, paint. it's beautiful. You get cushions in the back seats because, you know, yeah. that's that's how you know it's high end. Like Rolls Royce gets you cushions. Yeah. That <laughs> rear entertainment system is like, oh, that is nice. Like, I, I, I don't know. Compared to, I don't even know if you get anything on that level of, with a Sienna or an Odyssey. No, but... <laughs> it, you don't. And then the the camera system that's built in, the fam cam where you can yeah. see the inside, like it's at a perfect spot for a vet. It's not where the Sienna is, where it's in front. Because if it's in front, you don't get to see your kids. This van makes total sense it's one of the best one of my friends gerald he you know he he's given up his like expensive carves and whatnot and he actually bought one of these and he loves this more than anything else i love the look of it too yeah i, I really like the facelift that they've done on it the i like the old good. one too but i like this new look better I didn't mind the old one because I actually like the Chrysler 200 front end. Like it's, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it, uh, but this definitely looks a lot better. And the rear end, the taillights, yeah. like nothing on this is wrong. I couldn't find a single fault with it within this vehicle. Yeah. It's such a great car, but because it's a minivan, 
That's why, like, gets, so many gets, people just... It's like gets you, no love. Yeah, you just... Everyone wants that three-row crossover, but this is just so much better, and yeah. it's like... I, I like... I, and you know what? Even the wood that you called ugly, I kind of like it. Yeah. I, yeah, it's not great in person. Um, if you really want a three-row crossover, they do make not the plug-in hybrid, but you can get a gasoline version of the Pacifica now with all-wheel drive. Oh, oh and that you, one does have stow and go? Or? It does have... I don't know. I should. It should still have stow and go. Yeah. Because it's a gasoline version, it should be in the center. But there's a prop yeah, chef, yeah. so I'm not sure. Huh. I got the, But yeah, that, that would be, you know, you lift it, obviously. And then you put some, you know little bit knobbly all terrains in and yeah. you get an off-road wagon i forgot <laughs> that the caravan existed but so the, the caravan is the 200 front end yes yeah, the well so it's a bit of the older front end but still a little bit newer um in the u.s they call it the voyager um oh. but the caravan it's basically just a stripped down model of the pacifica because the mm. base model pacifica was priced a lot higher and when they killed off the old Grand Caravan, which was the cheapest van that you can buy, they had to replace it with something. Uh, because, well, fleet needs to have a van. And the yeah. Voyager and Grand Caravan was the one to go for. Yeah. They don't have that utilitarian boxy van the, anymore. The Ram van, no. The or Ram the van CV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, this van pretty dang nice inside outside and under the hood yeah so <sighs> you Literally, need to get <laughs> I, I really want one my wife won't let me I, I get it man my favorite car right now is my RAV4 hybrid like that's my most like practical car but it's like I don't know it really I'm really happy with that car yeah and I think the Pacific Hybrid, same thing. It's like it checks every single box that I have. I mean, it feels put together well. Like it, it feels pretty, <laughs> pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's no race car. It's not fast by any means. It doesn't handle well. But on the street, why do you care about that? You know, yeah. you're not racing a Supra at every light because you know who does that? Unless you know you're in the fast family. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Vin Diesel with that rotary knob. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to work well for him. <laughs> yeah. No, I like this van, and I think they're they're pulling out the stops. Like they're they're putting decent equipment into there because it is the market is shrinking. Right. Everyone wants a crossover. Yeah. So to fight for your market share, I I think this is a solid effort. Oh, absolutely. Um, I yeah. I would put the Pacifica as number one in terms of new vans, um, but I've yet to test out the new Carnival. But like the reason why I love this Pacifica so much is that plug-in hybrid variant. Yeah. Um, and you just can't get that on the Carnival. Yeah, I think, there's no comparison. I think the Carnival, like there's some bits and pieces about it that I like so far, but I'll give a, a roundup of all the vans um, sometime later yeah. this year because I did get a chance to be in all of them recently so it's going to be great nice yeah the carnival the second row I think that's it's like it's it's party piece yeah but literally but no family it's... is buying that trim exactly for the carnival with those seats because exactly. you're not driving friendly. around execs in it yep in, in North America at least no 
it's definitely not not yeah. not the model that families would get at all because yeah. those seats are much much more bulkier you can't fold them down you can't exactly. do the things that you need to do with them in an actual practical vehicle and even when you compare this to the sienna this seat the second row is easy to pop out where a sienna is you like what it's not meant to be so the out. the new sienna because the second row has airbags built into them. And the reason why the airbags are built into them is because they slide so far fore and aft, they had to build them in. And because of that, you cannot take that seat out. I mean, you can, but you need tools and you need to disconnect the battery because yeah. there is an airbag in there. And if you disconnect it, you're going to have an airbag light. <laughs> Which means all the other airbags don't work. So like, yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah. Not, it's not recommended at so all kind of well thought through i mean i was always sold on stow and go but oh, absolutely but i get why this one can't have it i i and, don't mind that though the yeah. second seats are better in this because it doesn't have stow and go yeah and the it's still relatively easy to take out oh yeah they're, they're not super heavy you just put them on the side like the only time you need to take the middle seat out is if you're carrying like four by eights kind of thing if you're mm -hmm. carrying something that large but you're not going to be doing that every day when you need how to is it? Um, how is this for like squeaks and stuff, flexing? Honestly speaking, it was better than the Sienna. Sienna had squeaks and rattles during rougher terrain. This didn't have any. I was actually surprised by that. Yeah, because I remember you talking about chassis flex and whatnot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Being a Stellantis product, I didn't have good hopes for it, but it surprised me. No yeah, squeaks. This is really the only Chrysler product that's relevant anymore. Like under the Chrysler name, the 300 oh. is long gone. I mean, there's only three cars under the Chrysler name right now. There's yeah. this, the Grand Caravan, and then the 300. Yeah, like <laughs> between Chrysler, Dodge, Fiat, this is probably the most <laughs> relevant one. Oh, I don't know. Dodge, Dodge makes a lot of Hellcats. <laughs> the, the Durango is still cool. Oh, I love, I love the Durango. <laughs> yeah, the Durango. It's got such a the aesthetic matters so much, honestly. Like <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a make it or break it thing, but it, it matters. Like I it's a good contrast though, right? Like if you're like if you want that bro van, then you get a Durango. Yeah. And then if you want like an actually really good minivan, a people carrier, this is the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And they're like the polar opposites, because one you can get with a gas guzzling V8 supercharge if you really want and then this one you can get with a plug-in plug hybrid. hybrid yeah so that's kind of interesting perspective but um, the entire spectrum in two vehicles yeah <laughs> of, of people carrying vehicles you have yeah the hellcat and the, the hybrid yeah yeah absolutely well i think that's about it for this week was there anything else that you wanted to add no i think we've covered everything oh mercedes v8 should we talk about that just oh, briefly. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's talk about that real quick. So news came down that the uh, Mercedes is no longer, well, for the rest of the year, they can't sell any V8s because of a supply chain issue. Um, but some other reports have been shown that the reason why they're not selling it is because of emission issues. Hmm. So not exactly sure why at this moment, but yeah, Scandalous, if you want... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> is this Dieselgate or VA gate from yeah. Mercedes? Because um, I can't imagine North American emissions having an issue, but yeah. Yeah. 
But if you want a V8 anything Mercedes, which, you know, any AMG products other than the smaller ones. Actually, um, no. It can't be emissions because the S-Class is still going to be made mm -hmm. with the V8. Whereas mm -hmm. the SUVs are the ones that are, are being axed, basically, for the V8s. And the SUVs usually don't have the same emission standards. Well, I read that on the most trusted... Um, is it one that source. we are kicking tires is superior to? We, it is. I think I saw it there. I got to double check. I, I don't want to name them without actually finding the information uh, <laughs> because I, <laughs> I don't want their lawyers to be calling me because I don't have any lawyers. Um, <laughs> Wait, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, it was, it was on Car and Driver. Reports suggest Mercedes is pulling out most V8s out of the U.S., Actually, let me pop this here. Let me share the screen just so that we can see here. Reports suggest Mercedes is pulling out most V8s out of the U.S. for 2022. The problem is reportedly a supply chain related, though a purported leak document also seemed to be referencing changing global emission regulations. I love the Victoria's Secret. Um, Add that on the side here. It's perfect. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Let, let's hit X on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a post on Reddit that claims that Mercedes is suspended in all cars for V8, blah, 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 for 2022. Uh, there was an update. Car and driver has been in touch with the Reddit user who posted the original thread. The user shared a document with us that is an alleged communication from the Mercedes Benz to US dealers. The document phrasing matches that statement provided to us separately by Mercedes-Benz, it lists 17 2022 model year V8s vehicles that dealers will no longer be able to order or schedule for production behalf of their customers. Hmm. So yeah, don't exactly know. Maybe maybe yeah. V8 gate is around the corner. But I, uh, I, I don't think so. Just because, yeah, I, I read that the S-Class is still is still going to be around, I guess, being their flagship. So they're still able to make that one happen. And that one um, probably is under more strict regulations than, than the GLS or, or the G-Wagon. Yeah. Um, well, there, there is a G-Wagon 63. That's a gas-guzzling monster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so the G-Wagon is basically not going to be around for a little bit. Yeah, because even the base model G wagon, it's, yeah. well, here in North America, it's a as V8. if used prices were not high enough for those. <laughs> <laughs> I think this year one, you won't even be able to get it. I think there's yeah. one on Craigslist for like two hundred. They're asking like well over MSRP for those, <laughs> and if you export it, you're 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 getting double for. Perfect. That's exactly Asia. what I need. Yeah, I think that's a good note to end on this week. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Oh. 338,000 for a 2021 G63. That's way above MSRP. Yeah. Cool. Let me let me save some change here and go to my local Mercedes dealership. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> going to get the Jimny and slap the G-Wagon front end. <laughs> I love on that it one and too. call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that car. Well, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time on Cooking Tires. Bye for now. <laughs>